Loving Father in heaven, to thank you, Lord, for the privilege of life. And we thank you, Lord, for helping us to be among the living today to see another day. We thank you for the protection through the night and all through our work and our study. We thank you, Lord, for giving us grace to accomplish our tasks. Our Father in heaven, we are here for one purpose in this earth, which is to fit ourselves for your kingdom. We pray that this opportunity to listen to your word will afford us the necessary tools for us to be fitted for your kingdom. Therefore, Lord, on that note, I pray, grant grant to us graciously the gift of your spirit, that we all may understand your words, and not just understand it, but internalize it and put it into practice. Put your words in my mouth, Lord, and sanctify me for this work. In Jesus' name I've prayed. Amen. Conflict and Courage, March 12 Always the same. Seest thou a man diligent in his business, he shall stand before kings. He shall not stand before mean men. Proverbs chapter 22 verse 29 From the dungeon, Joseph was exalted to be ruler over all the land of Egypt. It was a position of high honor, yet it was beset with difficulty and peril. One cannot stand upon a lofty height without danger. As the tempest leaves unharmed the lowly flower of the valley, while it uproots the stately tree upon the mountain top, so those who have maintained their integrity in humble life may be dragged down to the pit by the temptations that assail worldly success and honor. But Joseph's character bore the test alike of adversity and prosperity. The same fidelity to God was manifest when he stood in the palace of the pharaohs as when in a prisoner's cell. He was still a stranger in a hidden land separated from his kindred, the worshippers of God, but he fully believed that the divine hand had directed his steps, and in constant reliance upon God, he faithfully discharged the duties of his position. Through Joseph, the attention of the king and great men of Egypt was directed to the true God, and though they adhered to their idolatry, they learned to respect the principles revealed in the life and character of the worshipper of Jehovah. How was Joseph enabled to make such a record of firmness of character, uprightness, and wisdom? In his early years, he had consulted duty rather than inclination, and the integrity, the simple trust, the noble nature of the youth bore fruit in the deeds of the man. A pure and simple life had favored the vigorous development of both physical and intellectual powers. Communion with God through his works and the contemplation of the grand truths entrusted to the inheritors of faith had elevated and ennobled his spiritual nature, broadening and strengthening the mind as no other study could do. Faithful attention to duty in every station 
from the lowliest to the most exalted, had been training every power for its highest service. He who lives in accordance with the Creator's will is securing to himself the truest and noblest development of character. Amen. The title of our devotion for today is Always the Same. Our key text is taken from the book of Proverbs chapter 22 verse 29 which says, Seest thou a man diligent in his business? He shall stand before kings. He shall not stand before mean men. As we look at the story of Joseph, we see very very important themes in this story it's a remarkable one indeed we've seen various things happen like intrigue we've seen betrayal we've seen uh, emotions come out of sorrow and sadness then there's also happiness and when we look at this part of joseph's life then we want to shed tears of joy for him as the lord has led joseph so far and that's the way he wants to lead you by the way we see that God has good plans for us and we are to look at the various things that happen to us in our experiences as trainings that is fitting us for greater responsibilities. How can we ensure that we don't miss the blessing that the Lord has prepared for us and qualify ourselves for the great work the Lord has prepared for us? It is by faithfulness to God's law in little things and diligence in the small things of life little duties faithfully performed, paying attention to the small things like kindness, courtesy, politeness, thoughtfulness, and also the great things like the strength of character, integrity, firmness, courage, all put together is what fits us for the work that the Lord will have us do, the great responsibilities He will have us do. But using these tools, even in the smallest things, it is the case that many people look at duties as great and small and the smaller duties they feel like you don't need to employ all those your other qualities in your character when when executing them but no if you must be faithful in that which is great you must be faithful in little things too these are the things that qualify us for great works there they are big little things joseph who left off in his story while he was in prison when he interpreted a dream for pharaoh's butler he begged the man, please, when you go back to Pharaoh's house, remember me, for I was a, I'm a Hebrew and I was sold as a slave into this land and also put in prison, but my hands are clean. I didn't do anything wrong. Unfortunately, the butler did not remember Joseph when he went to Pharaoh's house to talk to Pharaoh about Joseph. He was supposed to remember immediately and tell Pharaoh, not so long, tell him there's a man I met in the prison. He told me about my dream. And I have forgot. I, 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 he wants. He needs to be. He needs to be brought out of prison because he's a very good man. But the butler soon forgot. There's a lesson here for us because when Pharaoh had a dream, two dreams he had. The first dream he saw two sets of cows, seven cows that were good looking, and seven cows that were not good looking, and the ones that weren't good looking ate the ones that were good looking. And then he had another dream where he saw. Uh, a grain with seven heads looking good and another grain blown with the east wind they were not looking good and the ones that were not looking good ate the ones that were looking good and pharaoh 
wondered what is this dream about because he had the two dreams in one night and he called all his magicians and priests and wise men and none of them could interpret it and that was when the butler said to himself oh no i have remembered my fault this day and he told pharaoh about joseph in genesis 41 verse 14 it says then pharaoh sent and called joseph the first lesson we learn here let us be careful to remember those who do us good We've seen that before in the lesson of Lot and Abraham, showing appreciation to those who do us good. And this man, when he remembered through this dream of Pharaoh, he remembered and he made a comment concerning himself. In Genesis chapter 41, reading from verse 9, it says, Then spake the chief butler unto Pharaoh, saying, I do remember my faults this day. How about you? Do you remember your faults in neglecting those who have been good to you? We need to learn these lessons. They are little lessons, but we need to take them into cognizance. That's what the Lord is teaching us. The man said, I remember my fault. Don't look at it as a small thing when you forget those who did well to you. Children, remember your parents, adults. Remember those who helped you in your time of distress, whether young or old. Be grateful to people and show your appreciation to them. And the appreciation this man was supposed to do for Joseph was to talk to Pharaoh about him. But thank God, he remembered at last, better late than never. And he remembered and told Pharaoh about Joseph and Joseph was summoned. Joseph was told the dream. To cut the long story short, Joseph told Pharaoh, this is the dream. There's going to be a famine, seven good years of plenty and seven years of famine. And then he told Pharaoh something gave him an advice in genesis 41 reading from verse 31 he says and the plenty shall not be known in the land by reason of that famine following for it shall be very grievous and for that the dream was doubled unto pharaoh twice it is because the thing is established by god and god god will shortly bring it to pass sometimes you may probably have an experience like this where in one night you have two dreams that are remarkable i have a friend who one time I spoke to him about something which was clear to me from God, so telling him this is what you should do. And he said he would pray about it. That night, the Lord appeared to him in a dream the first time. And he wasn't sure, what is this about? He woke up, slept back again. And then he had a dream the second time, telling him the same thing. What does that mean? As for Joseph, he said, for you to have that dream twice, that means it is because it is established. It is certainly going to happen. God is planning it. And then he advised Pharaoh, in verse 34 let pharaoh do this and let him appoint officers over the land and take up the fifth part of the land of egypt in the seven plenteous years and let them gather all the food of those good years that come and lay up corn under the hand of pharaoh and let them keep food in the cities and that food shall be for store to the land against the seven years of famine which shall be in the land of egypt that the land perish not through the famine now the next thing that happens is remarkable part joseph now rises into power because when he gave pharaoh this advice it was good in pharaoh's eyes and pharaoh said who else can i call i need someone who has the spirit of god in him to do this work an excellent spirit not just for moral things but for the fact that joseph could interpret that dream pharaoh put his whole trust on joseph and said i don't know any other person that can handle this work except you and pharaoh removed the signet on his hands and put it in joseph's hands and in pharaoh's words this was what he said in verse 42 and pharaoh took off his ring from his hand and put it upon joseph's hand and arrayed him in vestures of fine linen and put a gold chain about his neck 
and he made him to ride in the second chariot which he had and they cried before him bowed the knee and he made him ruler over all the land of Egypt and Pharaoh said unto Joseph I am Pharaoh and without thee without you Joseph shall no man lift up his hand or foot in all the land of Egypt and Pharaoh called Joseph's name Zaphnath Panir and he gave him to wife Ashenath the daughter of Potiphera priest of On and Joseph went over went out over all the land of Egypt and the Bible tells us in verse 47 in the seven plenteous years the earth brought forth by handfuls and he gathered up all the food of the seven years which were in the land of Egypt and laid up the food in the cities the food of the field which was round about every city laid he up in the same and Joseph gathered corn as the sand of the sea very much until he left numbering for it was without number seest thou a man diligent in his business he shall stand before kings and not before mean men are you looking back at your life and seeing the failures how you were looking at your jobs your little works and you were neglecting little duties and not doing them the way you're supposed to when we looked at our devotion that was titled um a blessed partnership between the one about joseph and potiphar and we saw the things we needed to do in order to be successful and also uh, a prison apprenticeship and we saw the things we needed to do joseph's character was always the same that same character he had in potiphar's house was the same character he had in the prison and now he's been trusted with a work in the land of egypt how would joseph carry it out because this is a different kind of work why is it different like we read in our devotion it says one cannot stand upon a lofty height without danger as the tempest leaves unharmed the lowly flower of the valley while it uproots the stately tree upon the mountain top so those who have maintained their integrity in humble life may be dragged down to the pit by the temptations that assail worldly success and honor but Joseph's character bore the test alike of adversity and prosperity. Amen. Imagine again if Joseph had chosen to lie with Potiphar's wife. What a turn his life would have taken. We can only imagine, but one thing we are sure of is that it would be nothing like we read of now. He would not be in Pharaoh's house. Seest thou a man diligent in his business? He shall stand before kings. Have you been diligently keeping the commandments of God? Then you are sure that you are on your way to where the Lord wants you to be. But if we keep cutting corners here and there, we don't know that we are, we are just missing our destiny. Joseph did not come to Pharaoh's court and became the second in command in Egypt just by cutting corners. He didn't do that. And the main thing is not really about being second in command in Egypt. That's not what matters. What matters is that he was fulfilling the will of God in his life. Not everyone is going to be Pharaoh's second in command. That would be some kind of selfishness in our hearts. If you are looking at it and say, oh, I wish I could be like Joseph and Daniel and be the prime minister of Babylon and Egypt. There's nothing, co- there's nothing nice about that work like we read now. That work you are coveting. There are people who, like you said, the stately trees... When the tempest comes, the shrub is not affected by it, but those, those stately trees are uprooted. When you see a flood, the flood does not uproot the grass. It uproots those, 
it uproots those big trees. And so it is with us. When we are rising high and high, the likelihood that we are going to be uprooted is increasing the more higher we rise. Think about that. Chew on it for a while. As you are getting promoted more and more, the likelihood that you are going to fall into temptation, the likelihood that you are going to lose your integrity is getting higher and higher. Prosperity comes with its own temptations. But we read about Joseph that his character bore the test alike of adversity and prosperity. And why is it so? Well, we'll look at that in a bit. Imagine if Joseph had failed to be caring and loving in the prison. Imagine if he had not been as hardworking in that prison. The same thing will happen. He will not be where he, he is now, fulfilling the will of God. Our faithfulness in little things determines the destiny that God has planned for us, whether we will fulfill it or not. Page 77, paragraph 2 says, The same fidelity to God was manifest when he stood in the palace of the pharaohs as when in a prisoner's cell. Don't look down on that small job that you are doing, feeling like it is inconsequential, therefore you are not giving it all the attention that it needs. If you are not faithful in little things, you will not be faithful in much. If you are not diligent in your business, whether it is sweeping the room, dressing your bed, being a cleaner in an office, or whether it is just cooking the food, working in a farm, regardless of what your work is, if you are unfaithful in it, you will not be prepared to handle greater responsibilities. That is a law of life, a moral law, and it will certainly hold. Now, what are the things that were assailing Joseph? Here is not Potiphar's house. This is Pharaoh's court. But one thing was sure, because Joseph had always maintained his integrity, Pharaoh and the other top men respected him so that he was able to continue in observing the commandments of God without any blocks. In our offices, many of us have problems. We, 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 it's difficult for us to maintain the worship of God because our, our, our employers, our superiors require from us to do certain things that may not be in harmony with God's law. But you need to maintain your integrity. Do what the word of God says regardless of consequences. In Potiphar's house, because of his virtue, he was taken to prison. Or let me start from his own house. Because of his virtue, he was sold to the Ishmaelites and then to Potiphar. And then in Potiphar's house, he was risen up. But then because of that same virtue, he was taken to prison. And in that prison, he remained. Now because of his virtue, his virtue is finally paying off. We need to be patient. That virtue that you have that is making it that looks as if it's not being noticed it's being trampled in the dust and it seems it's not benefiting you and maybe you're asking yourself what profit is there for me that have worked mournfully keeping the ordinances of god and then we call the proud happy and those who even tempt god escape and they are called proud and they prosper and you ask yourself these questions why am i doing what the lord asked me to do well what has it led me to who has it helped how has he helped me is what your question is. Be patient, my brother and sister. The Lord will do things for you that you cannot fathom if you faithfully maintain your integrity and don't give up. Joseph now is 30 years old. How old was he when he was sold? He was less than 20. And now he is 30 years old. 
these long years he bore it in patience he has been tested in various places and he has had the same character everywhere in his home in potiphar's house in the prison and now in pharaoh's house he is free to practice the truth as he wants and because of what he did pharaoh's people respected him and allowed him to worship his god and even they respected god even though they continued in their idolatry they still respected god we read he was still a stranger in a hidden land separated from his kindred the worshippers of god but he fully believed that the divine hand had directed his steps and in constant reliance upon god he faithfully discharged the duties of his position though just through joseph the attention of the king and great men of egypt was directed to the true god and though they adhered to the idolatry they learned to respect the principles revealed in the life and the character of the worshiper of jehovah which is who joseph can people look at you and because of you they now know the principles of the worship of jehovah the only way that will happen is if you don't hide the light is if you don't put it under a bushel if you keep hiding your character remember that joseph from the onset when he was sold made an inspired resolution that he will follow the law of god regardless of consequences no matter where it leads him he's going to do it and yet it led him to prison he maintained it while in prison he maintained it and now in pharaoh's house he is still going to maintain it and because he maintained the principles of god in the presence of these stately men they also learned about how to worship God. Though continuing their idolatry, at least the principles, which is the most important thing, they learned the principles of God's law. Things like thou shalt not commit adultery, things like do not steal, do not kill. They learned these things from Joseph and their lives were changed. We need to be light to the world. Don't out of respect for the top men of this world begin to change your character because you are in the presence of the big men and then you feel intimidated you feel so lowly and you feel so small among them that you start to compromise not joseph he in potiphar's house did not compromise and not in pharaoh's presence will he compromise because he knew someone who was greater than pharaoh but what other important thing do we learn from here is still the same lesson i've been saying do not cut corners you cut corners, you miss your destiny. There are various ways we cut corners. By cheating, by falsifying documents, by lying, and in Jacob's case, adultery. And in many of us, our cases too, we've looked at that, adultery, fornication. You get what you get through the wrong means. All these may open for us doors that the Lord will rather leave closed because he sees that it is not best for us let us leave the ordering of our lives to god and accept whatever lot he chooses for us rather than breaking his law to get a desired result for ourselves we cannot order our lives except as we keep the commandments of god without compromise wherever we go it is by obedience to god's law that we write our history and make it good wherever obedience to god leads us whether to slavery or freedom to imprisonment or to death to eminence or abasement, to mockery and ridicule or praise and glory, settle it in your minds that that is God's perfect will for your life. Obedience to God led Joseph from his father's house to slavery and to prison and to being the prime minister of Egypt.
It led Paul to be beheaded and Jesus to be crucified. It led Daniel to exaltation and to the lion's den as well. It led the three Hebrew boys to the fiery furnace and also exalted in a very high position in Babylon. And the reformers, it led them to constant opposition with the popes and prelates and also led them to a martyr's death. All of them were experiencing God's will for their lives and this was secured through remaining the same in all circumstances, remaining faithful to God, no compromise in anything. While Joseph was in Egypt and given this high position, he still succeeded. The work given to him did not fail under his hands. How was it that Joseph was able to do this work without it failing under his hands? We will look at three points, which is not different from what we've been seeing in previous devotions. But, just, but let's just look at, it, look at it again. How was he enabled to make such a record of firmness of character, uprightness and wisdom? We read in Conflict and Courage, page 77, paragraph 3 says, First thing, in his early years, he had consulted duty rather than inclination. So let's, let's just hone in on these words. Consult duty rather than inclination. What does that mean? It means what needs to be done and not what do I want to do. That's the question you should be asking yourself. Ask yourself, what needs to be done? Don't ask yourself, what do I want to do? Inclination is not what we should follow. We should follow duty. So what do you think needs to be done right now in your house that you've not done or in your office? Don't follow what you like doing. I enjoy doing this work. I enjoy doing that work. No. You have to deny yourself and do the things that needs to be done even if you don't like doing it. We've talked about this before. Joseph denied himself. There were works that would need to be done. Even if Joseph didn't like to do it, he would do it because that is the duty. To sweep the house, you may not like it, but you do it. You may not like kitchen work, but you do it. Arranging of the house, the Whatever work it is at all, whatever work it is at all that needs to be done, just do it and don't think of what you like and follow your inclination. Another step that helped Joseph, communion with God through his works and the contemplation of the grand truths entrusted to the inheritors of faith had elevated and ennobled his spiritual nature, broadening and strengthening the mind as no other study could do. So communion with God was also important. Prayer Bible study and the practical applications of the things that you are studying and putting what you are studying into prayer and practicing it, this is a circle. By this, Joseph was showing the light to the world and getting strength from heaven to put into practice all that he learned. This is how Joseph was so successful that he kept corn in, in the land of Egypt that he left numbering because it was like the sand of the sea how successful he was and remember he was not depending on a miracle he was diligent in his work another step faithful attention to duty in every station from the lowliest to the most exalted had been training every power for its highest service like i've said over and over joseph did not look at some duties as small and others as great and give attention to the great ones and then little attention to the small ones and we should learn to pay attention to every duty no matter where we find ourselves in the prison he was faithful in Potiphar's house as a slave he was faithful in Pharaoh's court he was still faithfully doing the work and giving everything genuine attention 
attention that was needed for it. That is how we can be successful. He was always the same everywhere he went. This is how to be diligent in business, consistency and faithfulness in little things. And we are told, he who lives in accordance with the Creator's will is securing to himself the truest and noblest development of character. And again, this point is so important that I will keep repeating it. How do you live in accordance to the Creator's will? There is no other way than how Joseph did it. Faithfulness, no compromise in keeping the commandments of God. And in keeping God's commandments wherever it led him, he was content. He didn't try to avoid the consequences. Did keeping the commandments lead him to mockery? No problem. Did it lead him to ridicule? No problem. Did it lead him to want to be killed in his father's house? He didn't say, I will stop keeping God's commandments because they almost killed me. He didn't say that. He didn't say, oh, because this faithfulness now, oh, virtue, the good guys always get badly treated. Now see me, I am in prison. I will stop being faithful because good guys always get, get last. I will change. No, he continued the same way. And in doing this, it was securing for him the truest and noblest development of character and also leading him to achieve the purpose and will of God for his life. This is what we should do for ourselves. And in doing this, we will be blessed. And because of this, so many people were blessed by Joseph's industry. When the righteous occupies the places of position, the world is blessed by it. Bible, like we have seen, said that Joseph gathered enough, enough grains that was like the sand of the sea, so that he left off numbering it. He stopped counting. And why was this a good thing? Everybody had something to eat. If Joseph had not done what he did, if he was not faithful at his post of duty, the world would have suffered. Because there was one faithful man, one man who was not corrupt, one man who does not see the things that he did as national cake. He sees that the things he gathered for the, the government was not to be appropriated to himself. He did not use it as his personal property. Remember that this was what he was doing in Potiphar's house. And this was the same attitude he had in the prison. And that is why Joseph was always the same. He was faithful in little things. And now, put in this position, he was faithful in much. And the whole world came to Egypt to buy. And they were blessed because of Joseph's faithfulness, because of his, his integrity, because Joseph was not a selfish, greedy man. He was not thinking of how to enrich himself. And if we are unfaithful where we are in our little positions, and as we saw when we looked at uh, the blessed partnership, that how Joseph was faithful at his post of duty, and how we should be faithful, realizing that our time that our employers have employed us for is to be given to them and we are not to appropriate their properties to ourselves. Realizing this, if you are faithful in that which is least, then you'll be faithful in much. Those things that you look at as very minor, oh, I'm just taking, it's just a toiletry I'm taking home. It's just a small thing that belongs to the company, even if it's just a pen and you feel that you can, you know, even if it's just a little thing, whatever the thing may be in your mind as the Holy Spirit is speaking to you and you feel that it doesn't really matter, that little thing is because you are in a small position. If you were in a bigger position, that thing that is little, you will steal greatly this time. 
And that's why in the eyes of God, he doesn't look at it as a small thing. It's because you are in a small position and that's why you think that that thing you are doing is a small matter. When you are placed in a better position, in a higher position, let me say, then your sin will now look great in your eyes. But it has always been great. It has always been great. The people you see in the world who are stealing government funds, like they say today, taxpayers' money is being used, appropriated to personal uh, properties and people, the people in the government positions are using it for themselves. Those who are complaining, are you better than them? Are you better than them before you are complaining? You where you are, are you faithful in your duty? Are you also stealing little by little? The people who work in the governments, they just t- take very little time and do their job. They don't give the time to the work that they're supposed to. They don't improve on the work as they're supposed to. The money appropriated for certain things, they appropriate it to themselves. How about you? In your small positions, are you doing the same thing? And then complaining about those who are in high positions doing it? You are no different. Whatever curse you lay on them, you're actually laying on yourself. Whatever insult you give to them, you're actually insulting yourself. Whatever you think God should do to them, he will also do to you if you are not faithful in your post of duty. But Joseph was faithful. And remember, faithfulness blesses everyone. Your integrity will bless everyone. Your lack of corruption will bless everyone. And Joseph was like that. We all, the world all over was blessed because of Joseph's faithfulness, lack of selfishness. He wasn't greedy. He was selfless. He always denied himself and everyone was blessed by it. This is how Joseph was successful. Always the same. The character he displayed in that small position was the same character he displayed in the greater position. And like we said before, it is the storm. The storm brings down the stately trees but not the shrub. When you humble yourself all the time, when you come to positions of temptation, you will not fall. But if you are proud, like the stately trees, like we say, the storm comes and it will sweep you off and uproot you. A very, very striking example or illustration of how we should always humble ourselves. Always be as humble as the lowly grass, so that when the temptation comes, it will not uproot you. But if we, like the stately trees, are lofty and high and proud, the storm can uproot us. As we climb higher and higher in position, our temptations will increase. Of necessity, it will. Whether we fall or rise is dependent on how we have performed in our previous duties. Because it's a determinant. Jesus has said it, he that is faithful in that which is least will be faithful in much. Reading from this day with God, page 78, paragraph 4, it says, The varied interest of the work are to be built up with care. From this time onward, responsibilities will rapidly, rapidly increase. God's will the perfect rule of righteousness is to be revealed in your work. Commune often every day with your God and listen to the voice that says to you, Be still and know that I am God. As your responsibilities increase with the advancement of the message, temptations will also increase. As the magnitude of the work presses itself upon the soul, humble your hearts before God. Act faithfully your part in the work and stand faithfully in your individual accountability before God. God is no respecter of persons. He that doeth righteousness is righteous. A mere profession is of no value and knowledge is of worth only as it is used righteously. Murmur not, repine not, covet not, quarrel not, our instructor continued. When you are afflicted, look to the great physician. You have need to rejoice and to humble yourselves before God. 
By indulging a selfish spirit, men become narrow and short-sighted, and then they fail to read from cause to effect. The word of the Lord is to be your guide in all things. The Lord is in his holy temple. Let all the earth keep silence before him. End of quote. And this was what made Joseph successful. Also, humility in his work as his responsibilities increased. It didn't make him fall into temptation because he was always a humble, self-denying person. And if we do the same thing, as the Lord increases our responsibilities, because it doesn't, doesn't, it's not, doesn't mean that it's only those who are righteous that get those heavy responsibilities. You find out people failing when they are given heavy responsibilities, whether it's in the church or in the secular world. It happens. Why? Because the character was not formed properly for that position. The temptation was great and many fall into it. Now, some people, because you've not seen money before, you think, oh, you can handle it. And you complain, oh, look at these people, they are stealing. You've not been there. When you are there, we will know whether you also may not steal like them or you will not get as corrupt as they are. Heavy responsibilities come with heavy temptations and serious ones at that. And only as we look unto God, covet not, don't be selfish, be more selfless, then we are safe. But if we, in such positions, even presently in our little positions, are already exhibiting small characters showing here and there selfishness, covetousness, appropriating things that do not belong to us, maybe for the company to ourselves or to the government to ourselves, little thefts here and there, misdirecting funds, inflating budget. If we are doing that already, certainly you are going to do it in the high positions. We need to change and remember that people will be blessed if we do right. Now, what again about Joseph? We see him as he is in position. He is not changing his rules. He's always the same. He did not say, oh, because I am with the high and mighty, I will change my principles. He did not change his principles of dress, did not change his principles of diet, his principles of speech. He did not say, oh, because I am within the high and mighty people of the world, therefore I would have to tone down and compromise my principles a bit. No, Joseph remained the same, kept his principles the same, and the people, Pharaoh's people and the people on the high positions, who knows, Potiphar must have been there too, because he's the captain of the, chief, uh, of the king's guard, so he might have been there too. They all learned from Joseph and the, the principles of the word of God, they learned it. He was not like Peter who, when he was in position, a place where people asked him, ah, are you not a follower of Jesus? He denied it. How did he deny it? By changing his speech, by using the same words that they use. Joseph didn't do that to deny Christ. He always maintained his religion, always the same. And that's how we should be, always the same. Do not change principles because of the people you are mixing with. Rather, influence them with your own principles. May the Lord give us the grace to do all of this. Joseph, again, will be tested. Now he's in this position. His family are where they are. Probably thinking about him, his brothers, after that gruesome act, most likely have not forgotten him by any means. They know what they did. Their conscience troubles them. And we'll see Joseph's test later, subsequently, and how he handled it. And for us for today, uh, suffice to say that we should remain always the same wherever we are. Whether we are among brethren, keep the principles of God. And when we are away from our brethren, still maintain the principles of God. In a lowly position, maintain the principles of God. And when you are placed in a high position, still maintain the principles of God. Let us pray. Dear Father in heaven, please give us the grace 
to remain faithful to your word regardless of where we are. Help us, Lord, to not be men pleasers and respecters of persons. Help us, Lord, not to be ashamed to confess you wherever we are. Help us, Lord, also to change our ways where we have been wrong. Forgive us. Have we been selfish and covetous and stealing here and there, thinking that it was not something that was to be reckoned as a sin? Please forgive us for these things as we realize now that even if the men of the world do not consider it as anything wrong, heaven is taking record of it and help us not to be faithful and not to follow the people around us in the evil they do but to be changed and do what is right in your word do all this for us and take the glory thank you for hearing our prayers oh lord in jesus name we pray.